When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Ho, ho, ho. Possibly Merry Clinchmas for your Edmonton Oilers. Here's what has to happen. Red Wings have to beat the Jets. Regulation time, overtime, shootout, Rock, paper, scissors, cribbage, doesn't matter. However the Red Wings beat the Jets tonight, it would put the Oilers into the playoffs. If not, we'll have to wait until likely tomorrow for the Oilers to get that little X. But yes, finally, the uh, at least the night of a possible clinch has arrived for your Edmonton Oilers. We'll keep you updated on that game, of course. Also, Sabres lead the Rangers 1-0, five minutes into the second period. Paterka with the goal, his 11th. Shots are 14-3 in favor of the Sabres. Flames and Canucks coming up at 8 o'clock. Another important game for the Calgary Flames, who are trying to track down Winnipeg for the second final wildcard spot in the Western Conference. Nashville still in the mix as well. You got Winnipeg 85 points, Calgary 83, Nashville 82. The Predators do have a game in hand on those other two clubs. And then the late one tonight, the Stars and the Coyotes. So that's what's going on there in the NHL. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. And the Oilers on the verge of clinching a playoff spot because, quite frankly, they have been excellent and really they have been excellent for almost three months you know how the season started six game homestand they were okay first 20 games of the season they were okay they went 10 and 10 you know had some up and down moments november and december in the second half of the season so since game 42 and the oilers hit the the halfway point uh, of the season you know again they they were doing okay you know like not great. I mean, they were a little bit over 500, but in the NHL, that's not really that impressive. You know, they were okay. After uh, 41 games, they were 21-17-3. They were doing okay. They started the second half of the season with that loss in Los Angeles on January 9th. So even including that game, game 42 onward, uh, the Oilers have gone 17-6-6. Six six. That's really good. And... Uh, of course, actually, that's wrong. My, my math is terrible. I don't know what I'm doing lately. They're 23-6-6. and six. They're even better. I, I wrote that down earlier, and then I looked at it and realized that's that's incorrect. They're 23-6-6 six and six in the second half of the season. That's a 765 points percentage. That's the best in the NHL. That is the best in the NHL. I, I, I want to stress that, and I know it doesn't guarantee going into the postseason, but there, we've, we've talked so much about the team, and I, like some of you, was a little concerned at times throughout the first half of the season. 
And yes, they have their flaws, and yes, there's there, there's things you hope don't pop up in the playoffs. But all things considered, they have been better than any other team at banking points in the second half of the season. Set better than Boston, who are the runaway President's Trophy winners. The Oilers have a 765 points percentage. Boston 757, Colorado 708, and the New Jersey Devils 700. The four teams getting more than 70% of their points since January 8th. So, something to remember. The Oilers are 8-0-1 in their last nine. They just had an exceptional uh, month of March going 12-2-1, and one. and of course they take on the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow at Rogers Place. It's on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 6.30, and the puck will drop at 8. And one of the big stories for the Edmonton Oilers this season, and he continues to uh, put up headlines, and he put up the team's first shutout of the season last night. Of course, that's goaltender Stuart Skinner. Now down the left wing, brought into the Oilers zone. Kapari will center it. Here's the shot, and the save by Skinner as Arthur Kelly have followed up the play, got it in the slot. What do I like about Stu? I think he's uh, mature beyond his years. I think he is um, came up with the big save at the right time. You know, I thought uh, probably seven eight minutes into the second period they didn't have a whole lot going on we turned a few pucks over they got some chances and when called upon Stewart was good um and then certainly late in the in the third period when they had a little bit of a flurry they shoot from everywhere they're one of those teams that are volume shooters but um they did have some really good chances in the third period late and when called upon Stewart was excellent he managed the game very well today jersey through the middle he'll get the puck to Kempe he's in all alone oh what a save by Skinner! He went to the deep, to the backhand, into the glove of Skinner. No, he made a nice move, and he actually uh, beat me, and um, I was able to able to catch him on the glove, and um, he was a little bit up, upset about it. But I mean, I would have been upset if he scored. Byfield rolled to the net. Arvidsson, his shot saved by Skinner. Got him with a left pad, and he covers it up. We were so hungry to win every battle, and I think that was very impressive to uh, to watch. Just our guys fight for the puck, every single puck, every one-on-one -on -one battle, every you know, every scrum and in, in front of the net, just everything. We um, did a great job boxing guys out. Uh, great job coming back into the D zone as forwards, and I mean, just everyone was doing their part and doing their job. And uh, I believe that if we if we continue to do that, and we do that every game, we always have a chance to win. All right, so that is Stuart Skinner who. In the month of March, set an Oilers team record with 10 wins. I would have thought at some point in team history, some goalie got to 10 wins. He's the first one to do it. Skinner goes 10-1-1 in 12 appearances in March. His save percentage, 9.08. His goals against average, 2.83. Pretty good. I talked about it a couple days ago. I've been asked about it by callers. I was asked about it on my appearance on the Global Morning Show on Wednesday. Is Stuart Skinner being overworked? Is he getting tired? He did not look neither tired nor overworked last night. He looked like a goaltender who's enjoying his first season in the National Hockey League, who has become the team's number one goaltender, and who looks like, as the rest of them are, really getting geared up for the playoffs. Outstanding performance by Skinner. Uh, Corpusala was good too. That was a great hockey game. I thought both teams were excellent. Corpusala made a lot of good saves, and that is what the playoffs will be like. Most games are close. Most games are going to come down to who can make, you know, two or three extra plays or saves throughout the game. And the Oilers 
made them last night. But Skinner looking very, very good. Uh, not sure who's going to start tomorrow. Not a lot of Oilers skated today. They didn't have a full practice that time of year where they don't practice a bunch. Don't know if it'll be Skinner or Campbell against Anaheim. Clearly, uh, Campbell's going to get one of the two games coming up back-to-back Tuesday and Wednesday against the Kings and the Ducks. Maybe he gets both Anaheim games, or maybe they go back to Skinner uh, tomorrow and then and then they split them in California. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. But But Skinner has been great. I, I mean, sometimes, of course, a player's history and past performance weighs into how you talk about him. We, we can't ignore that. But sometimes I, I try to detach myself a little bit and, and think, OK, if I if I just started watching hockey this season or if I just started watching in the past two months, I don't think I would say, oh, Stuart Skinner is, uh, you know, some unproven goaltender. I would probably think, oh, this Edmonton team has a has a pretty good goalie. I mean, maybe he's not the best in the league, but he's above average, and most nights he's at least as good as the guy at the other end and gives the team a chance to win. The, the save percentage is down in the NHL this season, so 908, you know, it's it's fine. And, and the goals against average, 2.83. And I believe that even, and maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I believe even in the playoffs, goal scoring is going to be up compared to previous seasons. And I, I said this with Brownie and Speck, who joined us on the Faceoff show last night. If the Oilers gave up exactly three goals every game, even in the postseason, I, I still think they'd be pretty good shape to win four out of those seven games. You know, if you look at how good the power play has been and uh, some of the explosive players they have on the team. So I, I think the goaltending is fine. I, I really think Skinner can go head-to-head against anybody. Happy to hear from you. we got several things to talk about tonight. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can email me, insidesports at 630ched.com, and you can follow me on Twitter. Message me there, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Skinner, one of the storylines... Of that game uh, another one was that the Kings had to play the game with five defensemen because about a minute and a half in Connor McDavid with the boarding penalty against Mikey Anderson Anderson down injured got off the ice didn't come back two-minute penalty for uh, McDavid on the play here's Kings coach Todd McClellan being asked a question after the game what do you think about the hit on Mikey by Connor? You know what? It doesn't matter what I think. It really doesn't. Uh, and that, you know what? That is what uh, Jay Woodcroft said to me last season after Evander Kane was suspended in the Western Conference Final, pretty much. He said something along the lines of, it does, doesn't matter what I think of the suspension. Um, I think that's McClellan's way of saying, I didn't like the hit, and I thought it should have been a harsher penalty but I'm not going to say anything that might get me fined or give the Oilers some material to bring the motivation against my team if we play in the playoffs. That's how I read into that from knowing Todd McClellan, at least professionally, for a few years, and uh, I I hope generally understanding human nature (laughs) and the responses of coaches and athletes in situations like that. Um, I was talking about this with uh, some of my colleagues uh, in the media today as we were waiting for some Oilers players to come out and answer some questions. And um, somebody said to me, because I said, look, it it, it was a penalty. I've seen that not penalized. Um, But I think if you look at what the standard of of how that is called, it's a two-minute penalty. And, of course, 
one of the wiseacres says to me, well, what if McDavid was hit like that? I said, then, then it's a two-minute penalty. Like, I, I'm not changing my standard based on the player. I think if McDavid were hit like that at Rogers' place, it might be more of an uproar. And I also think the referees are human beings. And there was a book that came out several years ago called Sportcasting, and they, they did all this kind of analytical research, and they actually said there is home ice advantage when it comes to officiating. That from the hundreds, I think they like thousands of games and all the sports they studied, and they said over that time they found the home team gets a few more beneficiary calls along the way just because of that, you, you know, what's going on with the, the fans and reaction and stuff like that. So who knows? Maybe on the road, maybe, maybe they would have given McDavid five and, and, and reviewed it. Here's what the rule book says. I love going to the rule book. It's really one of my hobbies. A boarding penalty shall be imposed on any player who checks or pushes a defenseless opponent in such a manner that causes the opponent to hit or impact the boards violently or dangerously. The severity of the penalty based upon the impact with the board shall be at the discretion of the referee. It goes on to say there is an enormous amount of judgment involved in the application of this rule by the referees. So um, here's, here's the thing for me. Personally, if, if I were to write the NHL rule book, I would want hits like that out of the game. That if, if you're behind a player, like you just can't shove him. You can't push him into the boards. You can't cross-check him. But I'm not the guy who writes the NHL rule book or makes the rules. So I'm going by what I've seen in NHL games over the past several seasons, this season, all that kind of stuff. And, and the rule I just read to you and... To me, it's not a. Uh, to me, it wasn't a game misconduct. Was it an aggressive play? Yes. Do I think McDavid more or less knew what he was doing? Yes. I, I mean, I think he knew who he was hitting. I think he knew he had an opportunity there to drill him. Sure, Anderson kind of turned a little bit at the last minute, uh, but there wasn't a cross check involved. There, there was a shove. Don't get me wrong. There was a shove in the back. To me, though, if the stick is is involved and it's more of a, uh, you know, pushing motion or full-on cross-check motion with the stick, to me, that's worse. I'm not saying that that play wasn't dangerous and has the potential to be even more dangerous. And yes, of course, the player got hurt on the play, but I didn't have a problem with that not being a ma uh, major given the way the rule is written and usually enforced. I, I think the problem is sometimes we see those hits not called. I, I, was it not Bukestad a few days, a few games ago that actually got cross-checked from behind and kind of tumbled face first towards the boards, and that wasn't called. Um, so look, it, it probably and this is the beauty thing about sports. It's completely partisan most of the time. So Kings fans wanted a game misconduct. Oilers fans are saying, okay, our guy got a lick in on the Kings guy that hurt Drysaitel last year, and now he's hurt. You know, stuff happens in love and war or in sports. Uh, 780-496-0063. I'd actually love to, to know what you thought about that hit in terms of do you want it out of the game or do you think that hit it's, itself should have been penalized more? Because I actually thought that was a, uh, a two-minute penalty. We'll dive into some other Oilers-related stuff. Trent Brown, former double-E safety and part of James H. Brown, the title sponsor of the show. He's latest, uh, slated to join us later on in the evening as well. It's Inside Sports on 630 Channel. Listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Used to cover the Alberta Junior Hockey League, so I like to keep an eye on the uh, postseason game tonight at Grand View Arena in Spruce Grove, seven o'clock. Spruce Grove hosting Sherwood Park. I believe Spruce Grove uh, can win that series if they uh, win that game. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony standing by. 
Good evening, Tony. How's it going, Reed? Good. How's your Friday night? Um, you know what? I'm actually enjoying it really well. Happy we're in second place. You know what? Kings fans can complain all they want about the hit, but if you look at it correctly, it wasn't a dirty hit. It was one of those ones that was a bad timing. So you know what? Cry, but I really don't care. You guys injured me. You guys took. You guys have done enough to us in the last two years. So you know what? I don't care. Um, I want your opinion on something. So Stuart Skinner has been our starter for most of the season, and with our schedule coming up, it's pretty it's pretty easy. We have the Ducks, and we have the Sharks, and we have two hard games with the Kings in Colorado. In my own personal opinion, and I could be wrong, but we can outscore our mistakes with Anaheim and San Jose. We saw how Kings can play. We saw how the Avalanche can play. I would personally start Campbell for four of the next six games because you have got to get him going before the playoffs so that at least you know you have two reliable goaltenders to count on. I think at most Campbell will start three out of the six at most. I think I understand what you're saying, but I think it's Skinner they want to make sure who is in a groove for the playoffs. Now, the Oilers might not start the playoffs until the 18th, and if Campbell plays the last game, then yes, it would be a week between starts for Skinner. But I think they want to keep Skinner fairly regularly, uh, you know, at least every second game. I'm just not sure about tomorrow. I, I mean, I think I, I think Skinner gets two of the three on the road trip and one of the two in the final week of the season. So I'm just not sure about tomorrow. I, I'm speculating. I mean, the coaches don't really reveal anything. I, I see what you're saying, but I, I, I think, you know, Skinner's the priority. I'm sure Campbell will get two starts and who knows, maybe even three. I don't think he would get four out of the six, though. Okay, 780-496-0063. If you want to check in tonight, lots of time for you. We'll dive into some other uh, Oilers-related discussions. And I have a question about fantasy sports, too.